the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we're live, live tonight with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and an expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, with the holiday season in full swing and the turkey days behind us, uh, Christmas is right around the corner, and we can anticipate hearing sermons and messages taught from the book of Matthew or the book of Luke. But how often have you heard a Christmas message taught from the book of Hebrews? Are you aware that there are great similarities? Well, tonight we bring you part four in our series entitled, Seeing Christmas Through the Book of Hebrews. You won't want to miss this, so stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And as Brother Gary said, we are talking about, excuse me, seeing Christmas according to the book of Hebrews. And there is a tremendous comparison among the Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and John, and the book of Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews, the theme is the superiority of Christ that he is supreme over all and in all and through all. We thank God for that. We thank God for that. And he is always on the throne, in control of everything, despite all the things going on in our world today. The gospel talks about angels. Also, the book of Hebrews talk about angels. The gospel of John uh, chapter 1 teaches that Jesus created the world. And also the book of Hebrews talked about Jesus also creating the world and worlds. The Gospels talk about men worshiping Jesus. That's what the Gospels teach. And we learn from uh, Matthew chapter 2, and it's so powerful when we look at these Passes the scriptures in the Bible from Matthew chapter 2, and it tells us something very tremendous there about uh, things when it comes to the worship of Jesus. And uh, we find that in Matthew uh, chapter 2, and then we go to uh, verse 11, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, 
and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. That's what Christmas is all about, gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we learn here that the wise men, they came and they literally worshiped Jesus at Christmas. And what a tremendous thing for all of us to do this time of the year, uh, and every day of the year, and every day, is to worship Jesus because he deserves all the praise. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all of it. And so these wise men, they were wise, not because they were wise men. They were wise because they followed the wisest person and they worshiped the wisest person that ever lived on this planet. And that's Jesus Christ. So we find that the wise men in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11, they came at Christmas and they worshiped Jesus. What are you going to be doing this Christmas? Are you going to be worshiping Santa Claus? Are you going to be worshiping uh, the presents? Are you going to be worshiping your marriage, your children? Are you going to be worshiping that car, that brand new car that you've got or brand new home or brand new presents? What are you going to be worshiping? What's going to be your worship this Christmas? Is it going to be Jesus or is it going to be some idol? And most people, they worship some idol. But the wise men, even though these men came from a pagan background, they realized that the paganism didn't satisfy their souls. And the same thing is true today. Nothing can satisfy your soul and your spirit and your body, and your mind, but Jesus. That's an important thing for all of us to learn. But these wise men, they came at Christmas, and they worshiped Jesus Christ. And old Herod, he was saying, tell me where the child is at so I can come and worship him. That devil, he wanted nothing to do with worshiping Jesus. And you know what? There's a lot of people who use the same type of language as Herod. Let me come to church to worship him. But they don't worship Jesus when they really come to church. Some people, some people do. Others don't. And we got to be careful about our motives, you know, because we can come to church and worship the building, worship Mary, worship the organ, worship the choir, worship the preacher, worship many different things in the church. The church can become idolatry to us if we're not watching. Now, the book of Hebrews talks about angels worshiping Jesus too. You know, and isn't that interesting comparison? We learn about men worshiping Jesus at Christmas. And then you learn in Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And this is a tremendous passage of scripture. Hebrews chapter one. And uh, you want to turn the pages to Hebrews chapter one. And look at this great, tremendous truth. And I tell you, it, it will minister to your heart. Hebrews chapter one and verse six says, 
And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Now, isn't it interesting that the book of Hebrews talks about angels? Now, you can find that in these verses of Scripture, in Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 2, they speak of angels throughout these two chapters. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6. Hebrews 1 and 7. Hebrews 2 and 2. Hebrews 2 and 5. Hebrews 2 and 9. And the emphasis is that Jesus, even though he was made lower than the angels, as the writer of Hebrews says, but he was superior than the angels, and the angels worshipped him. Why? Because he made them. He was made lower than them because he took on human form, but he was the God-man, see? So we learn in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6. Let me read that. Hebrews 1 and verse 6. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. This is a tremendous truth. And this is a tremendous truth to share with the world. That all the angels in heaven are worshiping Jesus right now. And men during Jesus' ministry worship him. Now, there are some cults like... Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, who believe that Jesus was Michael the Archangel before he came into the world. Now, that's blasphemy to teach that false teaching. Why? Because all the angels of God in Hebrews 1 and 6, they worship Jesus. How could Jesus be Michael the Archangel if all the angels of God worship him? This scripture debunks that argument, along with... Uh, in the book of Jude, Jude 9, that when he, the angel Michael was contending with the devil over the body of Moses, said he dared not bring a railing accusation against, against him, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. So Michael had to get permission to rebuke the devil. And yet in Matthew chapter 4 and, Matthew ch and Luke chapter 4, we find that Jesus rebuked the enemy. He didn't have to get permission. So this is a tremendous truth. Now, I said this before, and I say it again. One of the greatest witnessing experiences that I've ever heard was my mentor, Dr. Walter Martin. When he was alive, he had the opportunity to minister to one of the top leaders in the Jehovah's Witnesses. He was in the movement as a leader in Brooklyn, New York, for over 30 years. And Walter Martin, who's gone on to be with the Lord, he presented to this man, his name was Ted Dencher. He presented to him a truth from Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6. He said, all the angels of God, commanded all the angels of God to worship him. And then he compared it to Matthew 4 and Luke 4. 
where Jesus said the only one to be worshipped is God. Now, think about that. If Jesus rebuked the enemy, along with saying the only one to be worshipped is God, then that means that Jesus is God. If it says in Hebrews chapter 1, it said he commanded all the angels of God to worship him. And he gave that to Ted Dencher. And Ted Dencher could not sleep at night. The Lord, through Walter Martin, planted a seed. And that seed grew through the power of the Holy Spirit in convicting that man of who the real Jesus is over against the counterfeit Jesus of the Jehovah's Witnesses. See, the Jehovah's Witnesses believed that Jesus was Michael the Archangel, the first and greatest creation of Jehovah God, who came to earth as a man, died and rose as a spirit, came back invisibly in 1914, established his headquarters in Brooklyn, New York. I kid you not, that is the Jesus of the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Now, when Walter Martin presented to Ted Dencher this argument, he could not only not sleep at night, but he went to the elders of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society and said, I need answers. They could not give an answer on it. And that man got convicted, fell on his knees, and surrendered to God. And God started using that man greatly to reach hundreds of Jehovah's Witnesses and non-Jehovah's Witnesses. And then he wrote a book entitled, 30 Years Out of the Watchtower. What a tremendous story and testimony. And that's the power of God, see? The power of God works over the power of darkness. And so I want to say to you, my friend, as I close in this message, if you don't know the real Jesus of historic Christianity, this is a time for you to confess your sins. I want you to repeat this after me. Dear Lord, forgive me for not knowing who you are. I accept you as my Savior and Lord. And Lord, forgive me for not walking in the Lordship of Jesus Christ into the loyalty of Jesus as Lord of my life. Empower me by the Holy Spirit to walk in the power of the Spirit, not in the flesh, and help me to put on the full armor of God daily so I can stand in the evil day. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray these names. Amen. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We just want to thank all of you who are continuously praying for this ministry. We are a prayer-driven ministry, and we need your consistent prayers to keep this thing going. We know that Without those prayers, we wouldn't have been on the air as long as we've been on the air over these almost 20 years now. It's amazing. And we know it's due to the faithfulness of God's people, that you've been faithful in prayer. But not only that, you've been faithful in giving. This is a listener-supported ministry, and it's through your support 
that we're able to continue to do the work that God has called us to do over these airwaves. And, and we're happy to report right now that we are caught up, and that's a blessing, a double blessing. And we want to just encourage you to continue to pray and continue to consistently give so that we can stay caught up, stay in the black, and uh, continue to do the work that God has called us to do. It cost us 400 a week to do this broadcast. And so, you know, it's very vital that as we enter the Christmas time and the shopping and all the good things that go on during the holidays, we don't want to forget the, the good that God has called us to do through our giving. So we just want to encourage you. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, first, you can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, Tiburon spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Also, we want to remind you that uh, next week um, we'll be out of the studio. We won't be live on December 4th. We'll be back December 11th. Dr. Buckner will be conducting a men's retreat. And so we just want to encourage you. We will be airing, you know, one of the best of contending for the faith episodes. So you can tune in and still get fed, but you just won't be able to call in. So we just want to encourage you, tune in, tell your friends. Also, we want to remind you about our podcast. So if you missed any of the episodes, any of our series, you can go back and re-listen to them and tell your friends. You just go on the kfax.com website, uh, look up at the banner at the top of the webpage, and you'll see Contending for the Faith, and they'll lead you to the uh, podcasts and all the great information that's there. So we want to encourage you, take advantage of that stuff. Tell others about it. Tell your pastors. You can use it for Bible studies, all kinds of great stuff. So Dr. Buckner, ready to go to the callers? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, so we have Sister Sophia on line one. Sister Sophia, how you doing? Oh, I tell you, I'm so joyful in the Lord. You know, Saturdays, the minute I wake up, I start to count the hours till 7, so I'm happy as can be. Now, well, praise I, the Lord. We are always happy when you come on as well. We get blessed by you as well. Well, I have a question. I'll talk fast because I don't. I know time is the essence. As I think that's the word. Now, listen. So during Halloween, when you were gone, you had two wonderful, wonderful sermons. And during the second one, I believe, you, you were talking about the conscience. And it was a little confusing to me because I, if I'm wrong, you, I thought you said, well, the conscience could fool us or maybe not be a great indicator of, of, you know, I don't know, mislead us. And I always thought, well, the conscience is a good way to tell if you're safe because if you're being, if your conscience is bothering you, that's a good sign. But if you could clear that up for me, I would greatly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, See, the, the conscience is something that God has put in every one of us mm-hmm. uh, to discern uh, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So whether one is a Christian or not, uh, 
God has put that uh, conscience in all of us. And if we really follow it, uh, we will be directed in the right, in, in, a, in a better way. But uh, what happens oftentimes is the conscience can become wicked, independent of God, the Holy oh. Spirit, it can become dead, uh, independent of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it can become impure, uh, and it, it can become uh, a situation where the conscience can lead to a state of a reprobate mind, conscience, or as it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that God gave them up to strong delusions because oh. they got to the point where they rejected God in their conscience. And we see this uh, even with the time of Noah, that God had given them all a conscience to know what is right and wrong. Uh -huh. And yet, uh, because they had the witness of Noah preaching to them, he preached to them, and they had a conscience. But what they did was they deadened their conscience. They heartened their conscience. And that's what Pharaoh did. He had heartened his heart. And when you hearten your heart, you hearten your conscience as well because they work together like a hand in a glove. Mm -hmm. And so um, what the thing that keeps our conscience on the right track mm -hmm. is being filled with the Holy Spirit, because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit convicts us of three things, <clears throat> sin, righteousness, and judgment. Uh -huh. So when he does that, then we are convicted even in our conscience to be led by the Spirit rather than be led by the flesh. So the thing that keeps our conscience on the right track uh -huh. is not only being filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit, because we'll be able to make the best decisions. You know, an ungodly person, even though they can discern right and wrong, they still are lacking because the Holy Spirit, as the scripture says, it bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God, but it bears mm -hmm. witness with our spirit in knowing how to be led and guided and directed by, by God. And so uh, this is the thing that we have to continue to be diligent in and vigilant in uh -huh. is being filled with the Holy Spirit because he will guide our spirit. And then one other thing, the other thing that keeps our conscience, which the, the, the part of the conscience is the mind, right? So, the thing that keeps the mind and the conscience on the right track and knowing how to hear from God or from the devil or the flesh of the world is that Paul hits it on the nose when he says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So how do we discern the perfect will of God? is by having a transformed mind by studying the Word of God every day. Because in studying the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will guide our conscience into making the best decisions, because we can't make the best decisions independent of the Holy Spirit and independent of God's Word. And because our mind and our conscience get 
bombarded with so much junk and so much ungodliness that we face today in every aspect of life, by being in the Word of God and have the Word of God in, in you, our minds, as Paul said, need to be renewed, uh, and then we will discern the perfect will of God, as it says in, in uh, Romans 12 and 2. But you also look at uh, Romans 12 and 1, uh, where he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that was good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Well, see, when you present your bodies to him every day as a living sacrifice, because the problem with a living sacrifice is that it jumps off the altar too much. A dead sacrifice stayed on the altar, and we need to die to self. And when we die to self and present our body to live sacrifice, and then we're renewed in the word of God daily, then we will know the perfect will of God through our conscience. So the conscience, independent of all these points that I mentioned to you, can become deadened. It can become hardened. The Bible talks about conscience deadened, hardened. Uh, conscience can end up being in a state where reprobate, delusional. It can go into a lot of places that we don't want it to go. We never want it to go. So hopefully that gives you a little more uh, insight. I kind of went into it a little more in depth on it. Well, thank you so much. That was so fabulous. And as you always say, I am now well equipped. I won't be whipped. So God bless you both. Well, God bless you too. We love that saying. Amen. All right. I will tell you, uh, we always enjoy Sophia's questions. And uh, Gary, you know that as well as I do. Uh, if that mind in, uh, is not renewed daily in the Word, uh, that conscience can go a lot of places that uh, we can end up in a lot of trouble with. Yeah, people, you know, and I think a lot of times, a lot of believers think that they can subsist on just that hour and a half every Sunday in church. And they go from Sunday to Sunday, and it's not enough. They got to be in God's Word. They got to renew their mind daily. And so they end up with problems, they end up compromising because their consciences are not being renewed, their minds are not being renewed. So there's a, a lot to be said about that daily renewing, that daily time with God, that daily time in God's Word. It's You have to feed that yourself daily, otherwise you will be spiritually anemic and weak. <clears throat> but uh, we need to see if we can squeeze brother rick in before the break shall we go on and uh try to get his question then let's do that let's try to all right that. let's get brother rick on the line brother rick how are you doing good evening, good evening. i got a uh, question yes let's get your uh, question and we'll come back in, 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 the, in the end times what is the most significant item that jesus taught about the end times Okay, very good question. Very good question. But what we're going to go to a commercial break and hold on with us, Rick, and we'll try to address that when we come back from the commercial break. But again, all right, we have uh, it is time, I guess, to take that break. Uh, we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we'd just like to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith and all of you who have been so generous to uh, give to this ministry over the last 20 years. You have kept us going and have been a tremendous blessing to this ministry. We want to thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And just encourage you that, you know, during the holiday seasons, as you were getting caught up in the hustle and the bustle of decorating, matter of fact, we decorated the front of our house this afternoon and the back and everything as we get ready for the day, um, we just want to remind you, continue to pray, be consistent in prayer. And also be consistent in your giving because this is a listener-supported ministry and uh, we need your support. Uh, we, we can't do this without your help. So we encourage you to be consistent in both of these areas. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, you can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way, again, it's so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. We want to also remind you that next week we won't be live in the studio. We'll be back on December 11th. But next weekend, December 4th, we will be out of the studio, but we will be airing one of the best of contending for the faith. So tune in and you will get fed. You just won't be able to call in. So we want to encourage you to do that. All right, Dr. Buckner, let's get back to Brother Rick. All right, let's do that. All right. Brother Rick, are you still there? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. So uh, let me address the uh, question that you uh, have. Uh, what is one of the most significant things uh, that Jesus taught regarding the end of time? Uh, that's a good question because there is so much confusion and so much uh, false teaching uh, regarding the end of time and also uh, I would say sensationalism, uh, paper eschatology. Uh, there are some people who are teaching genuine eschatology, the doctrine of last days. But I think the danger of a lot of the hype around that is that we get so caught up into learning about the end of time that we don't spend time right now living the life of purity and holiness and righteousness before God. And if Jesus comes back and our lives are not right and we are living in sin, we're going to be separated from him throughout eternity. I think the thing that we need to be teaching on is teaching people to live righteous and holy and pure lives before God. Because listen to Peter in the heart, Jesus said, for they shall see God. You're not going to be able to see God unless you're living a pure life. Now, uh, I do want to say this as well. 
that uh, one of the, well, another thing about the end of time, uh, in the book of Acts, and I want to get to the, the your main question okay. as well. In, in the book of Acts, uh, we learn in Acts chapter 1 and uh -huh. verse 7. Okay. It says, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. So Jesus is saying, Don't get caught up into the times and the seasons. It's not for you to know. It's only in the hands of the Father. Now, the most significant thing that we should be focusing on to answer your question directly is Matthew chapter 24 and uh, verse 14. Because people can get caught up into the most significant thing is learning about the Antichrist and, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles and all that. But what Jesus said here is, is one of the most significant things about the end of time that we should be focused on. And that's Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then, notice what he said, and then, say it one more time, and then shall the end Underline the word end. Then the end shall come. So what is Jesus saying as a priority? What is Jesus saying as the most significant thing that we should be doing? Is preaching the gospel. We should be teaching and preaching the gospel, making sure that people get saved, and then surrender their lives to Jesus as Lord and live under that loyalty as he is king learn the principles of discipleship, and then learn how to share and do the work of evangelism. That's why I tell my students in the class as a professor when I teach evangelism, that not all of you, not all of you call to be an evangelist like Billy Graham. But Paul said to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. We're all called to do the work of an evangelist. And what is that? That is to make sure that the gospel is taken into all the ends of the world. Now, it's interesting to me that you have a lot of radio programs that is ministering to people all over the world. And there are a lot of uh, countries that still haven't been exposed to the gospel. And the gospel is starting to penetrate those areas. See, that's what God is focusing on. The most significant thing as for us to preach the word in season and out. You know, Paul told Timothy, he was getting ready to be beheaded by the Emperor Nero, preach in season and out. Because a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers who will tickle their ears, and the truth of God shall be made into fables. The Greek, the Greek word is mythology. You know, so we are to preach the word be a witness, make sure people get in the kingdom. Family starts with family because that's the greatest evangelism platform is the family. Make sure our children, make sure our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, wife, husband, know the Lord, walking with God, being obedient, living under the kingship. You know, 
when I give a trivial question, Brother Rick, to people, and I say, what was the number one thing that Jesus preached on more so than any other thing? Trivial question. What did he preach on more so than anything? People say, well, hell. People will say, you know, discipleship. You know the thing that Jesus preached on more so than anything else? It's the kingdom. Because he wanted to make sure people get in that kingdom. And he mentions the word kingdom here. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Why is he talking about kingdom? Because people are ignorant of living under the kingship and rulership and lordship and ownership of Christ. You know what? I would say about 98% of most Christian folks in the church have not fully committed to Jesus as Lord of their life. And no wonder why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, many in that day will call me Lord, Lord, and I will profess to them, I never knew you because you did not do the will of my Father. You know, that is gut-wrenching preaching right there is to teach people to live and be obedient and submissive to the Lordship of Jesus Christ as King and live under that Lord Lordship and be loyalty to it. You know, why do we go through testing? You know, that's a good question. I'll say this lastly, why does God allow testing in our lives? He allowed testing in our lives to see if we're gonna be loyal to him faithful to him, committed to him. If we are on this earth loyal to him and faithful and committed to him, then we're ready to go to heaven. But if we're not, you think he's going to let people into heaven that's not faithful and loyal to him? You know, that's why he said many are called, but few are chosen. You know, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, those are religious people. There's a, those are church folks saying, Lord, Lord, and they even do miracles, cast out demons, prophesy, got a prophesying ministry in the church, got a, a demon of ex, exorcism in their church, exercising demons, all that stuff. But he will profess to them, I never knew you. They see because they're not living under the lordship and kingship of Christ. And that type of preaching, it's foreign in most of our churches. We don't, we, we, the, the kingdom of God is what Jesus preached on, most of anything else. You can study your Bible and find that to be true. Hopefully, Rick, that really helped out. Yeah, I appreciate it. You got it. You got any prayer requests, my brother? Yeah, please uh, continue to pray for my mother. She has been uh, talking to her for the last couple of days. And just, uh, just, just to energize her. And uh, another thing is, um, pray in this hospital room right now that things calm down. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of tension taking place, and we need we need some peacefulness around here. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. We're going to do that. We're going to have Brother Gary to lead us in prayer. And Lord, we just pray right now for Brother Rick. You lift up his mother, especially. You energize her, that you strengthen her. And Lord God, most of all, that you would uh, bring her to salvation, Lord God, that she would come to a saving knowledge of you, Lord God. 
you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. You're a faithful, faithful father. So we just thank you for that. We pray peace over the situation in the hospital room right now where Rick is. We pray your perfect peace descend upon that room and that the Holy Spirit would fill that place and drive out anything that is contrary to the will of God. We pray for Brother Rick right now that it would strengthen him and heal his body, restore him, Lord God, and bring him back to full strength, Lord God, and be with him and encourage him even now, Lord God. Stand with him like never before. Let him feel your presence and sense your being there with him, because your word says you'll never leave him nor forsake him, that you're with him always, even to the end of the age, Lord God. Encourage him even now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And Brother Rick, thank you so much for your call. Keep us, uh, you know, posted on what's going on with your mom. We uh, will keep her in prayer and the family. And thank you always for your good questions as well. All right. So we had uh, Brother Alfred who posed a question off the air for you, Dr. Buckner. He wants to know what your thoughts are on Hebrews 4 and 12. Oh, thank you. That's a very good question, uh, Alfred. And let me just read the verse of scripture for those who are uh, maybe uh, just listening and don't know the verse by memory. But Hebrews 4 and 12, it says, For the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing evenly dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I tell you, this is a tremendous scripture, and uh, it's talking about the what it says for the word of God. That's talking about the Bible, the written word of God. So you have the living word of God, which is John one and one. In the beginning was the word. The Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. So that's the living Word, that's Jesus, capital W. Then you have a little W, which is the Bible, the written Word of God. And he's talking about the Word of God is quick and powerful. Why is it quick and powerful? Because it is uh, a, a, a tool that God uses uh, for judgment and execution of those who have not committed themselves to Jesus Christ. And it says, sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, uh, the writer of Hebrews, you got to understand the background of a book. The background of a book is like the skeleton to the body. Take the skeleton out of the body and the body becomes a quivering heap of jelly-like substance, good for nothing. So we have here in the background why the writer of Hebrews is writing this is because there were a lot of Hebrew people in the church who professed to be believers, but they were getting away from the Word of God. They were falling away from the Word of God and falling falling into the law and the Sabbath-keeping. They have been taught and exposed to the truth of Jesus, but they're falling back. That's what he talks about in Hebrews chapter 6 as well. So he's writing to them, and he's telling them that if you fall away, 
the word of God will come at you quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, when you think about a two-edged sword, it has it can go two ways. It can go, it can go either, it can be sent out to convict somebody, uh, but also the blade can come back and cut you. So if you don't do what God tell you to do, it can come, those two blades can come at you. And sometimes God will use one of the blades to come at you. So the the word of God is a tool, and we can know that it is a tool. Somebody may want to write it down. It is a tool of judgment and execution for those who do not commit themselves to Jesus Christ. And this is what the problem was with the uh, Hebrews and those who were uh, in the church but falling away into the law-keeping and all of that stuff. The wake-up call to those who are into the old covenant. We're in a new covenant now. So the writer of Hebrews said the old covenant is obsolete. That's what he talks about. Now, as you continue to read, it says that uh, uh, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow. Now, why does it do that? Because the word of God is, it does spiritual surgery. Just like you go into an operating room and a physician cuts you open and he deals with whatever the problem is. If it's cancer there, he cuts it out. If it's any type of other sickness that's fatal to the body, he cuts it out, the surgeon, the physician. Jesus is our great physician. And I say that's why I say amen on that. And he does surgery on us, he goes in. Talking about that conscience again, he goes in by the power of the Holy Spirit, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And then, lastly, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, what God is doing here, he's saying that Jesus, our surgeon that uses the word of God to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he goes in through the word of God to clean out all of the filth, to take out all the stuff inside us, our soul and our spirit, that is detrimental to us, destructive to us. And as the great physician, the surgeon, he goes in, cuts it out, cuts it out, the bad thoughts and the wicked thoughts. And, uh, and this is letting us know that the Word of God deals with us externally and internally. You just can't get around the Word of God. You might as well just uh, turn to it, turn back to the Word of God, and revival will start in your own heart. That's what happened with the children of Israel. Every time they got away from the Word of God, God would cut them up. And sometimes you cut them up, not only through the word, the prophets preaching, but through also uh, other nations looking at So something we need to take note of. Okay, well, we're going to uh, turn this over to Gary to knock a home run, and, but hopefully that helps you, Brother Alfred. 
Well, all right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next time. And we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I just want to remind you next week, we won't be in studio, but we will be returning on December 11th. So until then, may God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 